Welcome to season 2 of the Digitalization and Diversity podcast, a show that tells personal stories and digital journeys of diverse people. My name is Adya and I am your host. Welcome back to the Digitalization and Diversity podcast. I am Adya Kumar, the host of this podcast, and today we are recording episode 3 of the new season. The topic for today's conversation is something that impacts the majority of us career development and networking in the digital space as we enter into a new chapter of the pandemic the way we view work the way we plan our career and the way we network is changing and to dig deeper into this topic and unpack some of our thoughts I have the pleasure today to welcome Giselle Galper to the show. Giselle is a Silicon Valley-based entrepreneur and the founder of Chia Seed, a digital application that aims to make expert career help accessible for diverse groups of people. I am so excited for this discussion because it targets the two topics that I am very passionate about: digitalization and diversity. And with that let's get started. Welcome Giselle to the show. Tell us more about the Kia Seed digital app and the inspiration behind its launch. Thank you so much for having me here. So the Kia Seed app, we like to call it a career fitness tracker. So think about my fitness pal and for fitness Noom for weight loss where you're tracking what you're doing and we bring in micro coaching so tiny bits of learning that you tap through that are personal to you because what we've learned about career is that career isn't just about learning you can't just read an article about career you have to do it so we take an approach that helps you shift your mindset learn in small doable bites and then track what you do in your career so that you can lift yourself up and share with others to grow and engage the concept of career fitness and tracking is cool and i personally use a lot of mobile apps and recently i had an acquaintance ask me Why I use so many apps and have a digital app for almost everything, and I was like, because there is a digital app for everything that makes things convenient and accessible. So why not? So exploring the use of an app to track your career naturally excites me. And when it comes to career planning, the traditional approach has been to kind of identify your your short term your mid term and your long term goals and then define development activities to reach those goals and for some depending on the professional field that they work in they have the support to define these goals whether it is through structured performance reviews or through career development talks with your managers or even through mentorship but for listeners who are new to the process Could you share how one can get started with setting and tracking career goals, and maybe for those who already have very clear career goals, what can they do even better? 
Oh, that's an amazing and big question. So I'm going to try to deconstruct that into parts. So first of all, you are right. Having goals, and I would like to add really understanding your motivation, which is something we focus on in the app, and then understanding your objectives for achieving those goals is very important. So what we like to do is, first of all, encourage people to start by writing them down. In the app, or anywhere. And it doesn't matter that they're not perfect. You don't need to have perfect goals because the great thing is they're your goals. They're not someone else's and you can change them. So right when you come into our app, that's something we ask you about and to kind of dream big and to think about what you want. And then what people can do who already have set goals is really make sure to reflect on that once a week and include your motivation in that reflection. Because we make our best decisions when they are tied closely to our motivation. Sometimes our goals and our motivation aren't always exactly aligned. Maybe we want to do something to change the world, but right now our career motivation is to make money. And how do we align those? We can make so much better decisions about each objective and where it fits in and how to prioritize them when we're thinking in terms of the alignment of our feelings. So that motivation and the goal together. But what, as you said, what happens if you don't have these or you don't have this network? I think that gets to really what one of the things you're very passionate about, which is networking. So the most important way, the best way to improve your goals, your motivation, and your objective is to go out there and ask people for input. It's not as if you have to change everything you're doing from that input, but having 15-minute meetings with people you meet online All of these people can help you build that, what I like to call the career success roadmap. And in that context, what is the role of digitalization today? And how can one best leverage technology and digitalization to plan your career? And what is possible today? There is a lot possible today. I mean, that's one of the areas of the app that I'm excited about growing more is this idea of career pathing and understanding what are your options. And one of the big ideas that drives Chia Seed is this idea of design your life thinking. This idea that What makes you feel good? What gives you periods of flow, which is defined loosely is that feeling when time stands still, when you get high energy, maybe you don't take breaks. You just love what you're doing. When you can start identifying what that is by tracking and you don't have to track in our app. Okay, when I did, when I first did the design your life thinking method, I had a notebook. And I wrote down how I felt about the work I was doing, my highs, my mediums, my lows. And I started seeing patterns. And what's so amazing about the digitalization of our 
society and our work is that when you start seeing work that really gives you flow or that you don't like, you can do a lot of networking about the jobs that minimize the work you don't like and that emphasize the work you like, because it's really about defining your own career path. And through LinkedIn, right? Not everyone loves LinkedIn. They only go on there for job search, Mm -hmm. but people who network robustly when they're not searching for a job, when they're actually content in their jobs, they are the ones who are really leveraging this flat world that we're in. The people who do these crazy things you hear about, like, I'm not suggesting that anyone listening do this, but a hundred people in a hundred days. But what about 50 people in 50 weeks, one new person a week. Think about just 15 minutes with one new person a week and how that expands your space of thinking about your career. And in this digital world with LinkedIn and Connect, online webinars and seminars, it's possible. For the first time, it's truly possible. I share your view on that. And from my perspective, digitalization really bridges the gap and brings opportunities closer to diverse groups of people by kind of providing a level playing field and balancing certain biases that are explicit. But having said that, I see that diverse groups of people see their careers differently whether that is in their workplace or their own career advancement and career choices. And there's research that specially validates, for example, gender differences in job search and link to the earnings gap. For example, men are more likely to apply for roles that interest them, even if they only meet 60% of the requirements, while women tend to be more selective and tend to apply for jobs that they think really match their skills 100%. And if we stick to this diversity dimension, do you see men and women approaching career development differently? Oh, I mean, I could probably talk to you for 24 hours straight. You would go crazy. (laughs) This point drives me insane, but I'll try to stick to the highlights. First of all, my head was nodding wildly while you were talking. So let's break it down. First of all, there's both external and internal bias that drives this behavior. Mm -hmm. The external bias, the primary one that I see, although there are more, but the biggest one is that the research shows that men are hired and promoted based on potential and women on experience. So that's huge. And women feel that innately. And that drives their internal bias, their caution about applying for jobs with more of this experience and checking all the boxes. But there's also an internal bias about how women, and there's less research on this, but from my experience and what we see in how in the aggregate people are answering questions in the app, mm-hmm. women are one, less likely to see the value in what they do, but also they approach work and applying for jobs with a school mentality where to get an A, you complete the rubric. 
-hmm. Whereas men seem to approach the work application process and work as almost like an engineer. How can I do the least amount of effort to get the biggest outcome? Oh, I meet three of the criteria. I can do that job. And the last piece of this, I think, internal bias, when a man and woman of the same experience are approached for the next level job, and they are asked, what do you think of doing this job? Okay. And I've asked this question a lot in the general counsel space because I'm a general counsel. So I've spoken to recruiters in that space. Men say, I can do that job because I've done the job. And women say, I think I can grow into the job. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that an underrepresented candidate, so I don't have great data on underrepresented males, but the number one thing you can do is to say, I've done that job. My experience shows it. Absolutely. I think a lot of it also boils down to socialization experiences that people have learned quite early on while interacting with others in their personal circles. And that plays a big role in the level of risk aversion that they display while planning their careers. And that's why networking with people and investing in your network is so, so important to see different perspectives and to even be aware of all the opportunities that are out there. For me, digital networking has helped immensely, especially as I am an introvert, but still recognize the need and the benefits of networking. And through my early years entering into the professional field, it was a challenge because I come from a family where nobody worked in the business or the corporate sector. So I did not have access to contacts in my immediate circle. And then in my early 20s, I moved and settled into a continent where I had to build my network from scratch. And using digital platforms and digital networks has played such a big role in my career journey so far. And I'm curious to know, how has it been for you? Why is networking in the digital space important for you? Well, networking in the digital space is everything for Chia Seed and for me. So personally, being the founder of Chia Seed, I could not be where I am without real human beings taking an interest in what I'm doing, advising me, introducing me, asking me good questions, pushing back, redirecting my energy. No one person alone can succeed fully. And it's not just about mentors and sponsors. It's about this shallow network of people who give you input, who are looking out for opportunity for you. And it's really a math game. So many people, especially women and introverts, feel that it's this deep network, the people who know your work deeply and intimately with whom you've bonded and performed really well, who can help you. But the reality is those people 
are only exposed to a limited set of opportunities. But if you tell your story to many people and you connect with them, you invest in that, then you have a wider number of people who are looking out for you. It's like a big billboard on the digital highway that you create for yourself. And when you think of that, just the idea that you're sharing and you're sharing something good, if you believe in your career and what you bring forward, you're sharing yourself with someone else. And then the idea that then they hear that someone has a need that you fit, it's like a gift for everyone. So I see it as a very positive social action when you network. You know, some people think it's selfish, but it's not. It's generous to network. Could you share some best practices for digital networking and creating relationships to form valuable connections through digital networking? I will try. I think it's always a learning process. But some really simple methods that sometimes people forget are showing gratitude, Mm -hmm. following up with information that is interesting to the person you network with, supporting them, even if they're more senior to you, commenting on their LinkedIn post, liking what they do, sending them an article from a conference, sharing where they're speaking with other people. That doesn't go unnoticed. These are small gestures of being an ally, even if you're junior, but also being curious as a human. And whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, this is something we can all do. Learning about the other person and what they're excited about and interested in. You can do this in 15 minutes because if you're prepared with what you know your goal is for the conversation for yourself, I call this your ask, then you can fit that into the conversation in a few minutes. The Mm -hmm. idea is not to spend 15 minutes on what you're curious about. It's to develop this bond and then to make sure that at the end of each conversation, if at all possible, you ask for one more person that you can speak to. Because getting these networking leads and someone who will actually speak to you can be Mm -hmm. hard. It can take time. Maybe if you write 10 people on LinkedIn in a cold LinkedIn Connect, three will write back if you're earlier in your career. As you age up in your career, that might be highly variable. So a warm referral from a network lead is highly variable. And some people are incredibly generous. They'll give you 10 people to talk to. Mm -hmm. If they say that, then write the emails for them that they can forward. Do the heavy lifting for the person who's helping you. And to add to that, figuring out the kind of networking that suits your needs and owning that is super important. For me, I personally do not enjoy late night networking drinks with a group of people as much as a one-on-one conversation on a topic with the person that I can exchange with, whether that is over a coffee or a lunch or a team's call. And with that, I want to move to another related topic, which you already touched upon when it comes to career development, which is the topic of mentorship and sponsorship. 
and kind of get your take on what you think about mentorship and exchanging with a mentor on your career development. Mentors are incredibly valuable for getting input on moving forward, for getting support and getting ideas. It's so important. But mentorship alone hasn't been proven to help advancement. Mentorship is more like a support tool for navigating moments. But for advancement, what has been proven to be successful is sponsorship. So what is the difference when it comes to mentorship and sponsorship for you? So a mentor is someone at any level, usually they're senior to you, but they can be at your level with whom you work or not, perhaps they're in your industry, who gives you advice on your career pathing, who you can come to with frustrations, who helps you navigate. A sponsor is someone who has the power to give you opportunity who can help you, can speak up for you in a meeting and say, Adia would be great for this role. She should be in this client. She should have the opportunity to be considered. These are usually more powerful people. We don't lean on them for support, but we can come to them with asks for advancement. Would you support me? I would like to be promoted to senior product manager. VP, COO, whatever the role is, would you support me in this? But it is important to think about as you move up, having sponsors above you who can speak up for you in meetings, who know the opportunity you want and who are thinking of you and putting you forward. There is a podcast that I listened to, The Brown Table Talk which is founded and co-hosted by two amazing women of color. And in one of the episodes, there was a message that a lot of the times people talk about mentorship and run into the risk of being over-mentored, but mm. under-sponsored because mm. ideally you need both to advance in your career. I totally agree. One of the things I talk about when I give talks and we have in the app is similar, which is get out of your identity silo. Mm -hmm. And you think generally this get out of the silo. By identity silo, I'm very concerned that although support from women and people who share your identity is incredibly important, these people are part of your deep network who lift you up. They cannot be your only shallow network. Because the people who are in power generally might not be in your gender and identity network. We want to balance it. And it's the same thing in terms of mentor and sponsor. We can get so hung up in mentoring. We've got to trust our guts and look for people who can support our advancement, who can be our third party endorsers, because there is nothing more powerful than a testimonial, you know? And when that testimonial comes from not just a peer or your manager, but someone one or two levels up or someone in the industry with influence, one of the things more junior and mid-level people can do is join industry organizations, volunteer, be on panels, and catch the eye of those senior influencers who see them and can talk them up. 
It's so important. Coming back to leveraging digitalization for your career and getting started with digital networking, how was it for you entering the digital space without having a tech background? Well, you can't see me, but I'm laughing. It was hard. It is hard. <laughs> you know, there's a credibility issue, especially in fundraising. A lot of people said, well, build as much of the product as you can first, which yeah. we did. I had raised some safe money and we started taking that this last April. And it's definitely an uphill battle. I'm a 56-year-old woman. I spent most of my career as a lawyer, as a general counsel. And I'm proving myself every day. I don't have the network of people to help me build the product. I write those cold emails on LinkedIn. This is one place that I 100% walk the talk of Chia Seed. I use Chia Seed. Yeah. I track my accomplishments and my team's accomplishments and our shout outs. People who succeed are looking at the journey ahead and looking at their objectives but they have the power of what they've done behind them. Even though they're small steps that we've made, they are significant to me. So I use those. I share our small successes. I post on LinkedIn more than I ever thought was possible. I built an Instagram account. It's hard, Adia. It's always hard. I really do believe in this idea of focusing on your motivation and looking at it on a regular basis because it's hard. And so when I remember that there are so many people who can be helped, that motivates me. That's how I I get through this hard is I focus on my motivation of changing things. I have three boys. I don't want their children or potentially their partners to face the same hurdles that my mom faced with her Argentine accent that I faced as a young woman that mm-hmm. so many women face that people who are underrepresented face. Yeah. And so that gets me up every morning, no matter how tough the day was before, no matter how hard it is to be heard. And how is it working in Silicon Valley for you? How diverse is Silicon Valley? and And where do you see there are gaps when it comes to diversity in the Silicon Valley? Oh my gosh. Well, the power of Silicon Valley is definitely with men. We know that. Even though there's so much more money going to women venture capitalists and women binding together, and there's this amazing new organization called Chief, we hear about the gender bias and the gender imbalance in the power departments in tech, in the money that goes into tech, whether it's from venture capital or private equity. It's also about kind of how does funding work for venture capitalists? Well, Mm -hmm. people are kind of fed into this pre-seed and seed market. And yes, there are pitch talks and all these things, but a lot of it is through networking. And uh, VCs network with people they have previously funded and the people they are connected to. So it takes a long time to shift this gender imbalance, particularly when founders don't only tend to be male, they tend to be technical. 
And although we're bringing up women in STEM starting in elementary school, middle school programs, girls who code, society of women engineers, we still struggle to keep them in technical roles, in founder roles. And so Silicon Valley is highly influenced by what the founder population looks like and what the money population looks like. And my being in Silicon Valley, I'm sure has some advantage to me, but because we started Chia Seed in the pandemic, it's really been virtual connections for me, which has been hard. In general, I find that I meet better and present better in person. And it's much harder to get those meetings in person and connect with people as humans over video. The theme of the podcast is digitalization and diversity. And I always ask my guests, which come on the show, on their favorite digital tool or piece of technology that has had an impact on their lives. And I'm curious to know what that would be for you. I've been thinking about this question (laughs) a lot. And it's interesting, but I'd have to say that it's LinkedIn. And I say it a little sheepishly because I wasn't a big LinkedIn user before, but LinkedIn has been so powerful for Chia Seed. It has helped us reach so many people who have helped us and who cheer us on and who have brought us into their small department or their club and have welcomed us and given us feedback. And I am so appreciative for that. Giselle, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. And as a closing question, is there a message that you would like to leave for the listeners? There's definitely a message that is part chia seed and part for each of the listeners. Each of you has more value than you believe right now. And so I so encourage each of you to consider tracking your careers, to log your accomplishments, your shout outs, your satisfaction, to be intentional about talking yourself up, networking and asking for what your career needs. And you can definitely do that through Chia Seed, but do it, just do it to borrow from Nike. You can find Chia Seed when you do your search where C-H-E-A, the Career Helping Expert app, And you'll need to make that correction on Google right now. And you can find us in the App Store and Google Play. But please track your careers. Find your power. Thanks for the great conversation, Giselle. I wish you a lot of success in your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much. I love participating in your podcast. And I hope your listener base grows because you ask such provoking and interesting questions. That's great. Thanks to all the listeners for listening in as well. I would be happy to hear your thoughts on the episode. So if you have any feedback, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, 
please do leave a review. Join me for the next episode as we dig deeper into another topic of visualization and diversity. Till next time.